everybody, welcome to another episode of Everyday Strong with Dr. Michael G. Daniels. This is your host, C.B. Baker. Thank you all for joining us today. Uh, welcome to the show, Dr. Daniels. Uh, good, good, good day to you and good day to everyone who's out there following us and listening. And uh, I'm, I'm very extremely pleased at the response that we seem to be getting from people. Yes. All right. So today, uh, Dr. Daniels, we're going to dive off into something a little bit more controversial. As if you have not um, checked out Netflix, uh, I think it's Come Church. Uh, check out that movie about Carlton Pearson and his views on being saved and who actually is being saved when Jesus dies on the cross. So that's the discussion we're going to have today. This will be a two part series because it's going to be kind of lengthy. So please come back next week and catch part two. All right. So Dr. Daniels and as I told you off air that Carlton Pearson talks about stuff that when I was in college and I would challenge other devout Christians on this belief, which is if Jesus died on the cross for everybody's sins, then why is it everybody saved? Mm-hmm. Number one. And then number two part, which is if I don't have the ability to even know who Christ is, how can I not be saved and how can God judge me to go to hell from something that I had no idea or knowing about? So that's some of the things that we'll be talking about today. Okay. And, you know, and, and those are good, they're, they're, they're interesting points and um, they, they sound good in theory. Um, well, I'll, I'll take that back. Uh, they appear good when you have a desire not to deal with um, the realities of life. Let me say it that way, Uh, because if you don't want to deal with the realities of life, then it seems good to have no specifics or no rules and regulations, you know, the bottom line. So the concept then is that God is not a God of order and God is not a God of of who he said he is and and, and that his desire for his people is uh, kind of based on some concept that no matter how you treat or feel about him, he will be pleased with you. Uh, let me say this for the first part, because you are a father, you know, and so as a father, even though you may not be a divine individual, you still have feelings. So let's say this, for example, um, you have two children. The question is, how would you feel about those children if one of them decided once they were grown to never acknowledge you as a parent? Hmm. You know, it wouldn't feel good at all. So the other question would be is, let's say they went away. Let's say they moved to Africa, let's say. Mm-hmm. So let's say that child moves to Africa. And again, that child doesn't acknowledge you as a parent. You call the child up and the child refuses to take your calls. Uh, you reach out to the child through some other you know, intermediary, uh, whether it be a cousin or whether it be your daughter or whatever. But the child just refuses to contact you, refuses to accept your calls, refuses to do anything in line with you. When it comes time for you to prepare your will, who would you leave your money to? Mm. Yeah. You see, it, 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 it would seem kind of um, unusual right. for you to leave your money to that son that that never would acknowledge you. Right. But you would say to the other child, they didn't have to be perfect, right. but just because they acknowledge you, you would leave your money to them. So let's look at it from the standpoint of what the Bible says, right? And and, 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 and what people have, what, what this gentleman has said and what some people have assumed is that if Christ died on the cross for all sins, does that not cover every sin that has ever been committed 
after he died. And what does that mean? Well, to say he died for all sins and all sinners does not mean that everyone accepts the protection, right? Mm -hmm. For example, the police are required to enforce the laws and protect all citizens. Right. But that doesn't mean that all citizens have to accept that protection. Mm -hmm. And if they don't accept that protection, then they're not protected under the law, right? Because mm -hmm. you can refuse their protection, right? Right. You can refuse to dial 911 if your spouse is whooping your behind. Right. You can refuse to call the fire department if your house is being burned. Right. But that doesn't mean that they're not there to protect all. So similarly, Jesus died for all sins. Uh, but here's what the Bible says, is that to all that believe on him, they are covered, you know, not to just anyone. So if you don't believe that he, you are covered by him, then that negates the, the, the process. And so therefore, um, while he did die for all, uh, he died for all to have the opportunity. And I think that's what we kind of neglect to add in there. He died for all to have the opportunity to go to heaven. Mm -hmm. But that does not mean that all will go to heaven. Just like, uh, you know, it does not mean that all public school is there for all to have an opportunity of education. But that does not mean that everyone will get educated. And it's, mm -hmm. the, it's the same concept. You know, some of the um, FOI Muslims, mm -hmm have come to not have come to accept Jesus Christ as a prophet mm -hmm. and what he did for um sacrificing makes like sure. himself mm -hmm. for the sins of the you know mm -hmm. so in that case would, would that say that a Muslim could be covered if they well, believe in it well, let's look at it this way two things number one most Muslims accept Christ as a prophet right. most Jews accept Christ as a prophet. But the acceptance is not on him as a prophet, right? The acceptance is on him as a son of God, you know, and, and clear again, I'm saying that's what the New Testament says, right? Mm -hmm. John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whoso believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So that means I must believe on him as God's son, the son of God, right? Um, and, and, and so, in fact, if you look at the Gospel of John in the first chapter, what it says is this, is that that in the beginning was the word, the word was God and the word was with God. OK, nothing was made that was not made by him. And then it says, and the word became flesh, meaning that, you know, that which created all things became flesh. And that is Jesus Christ. So that 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 says that there's an equality of Christ with with with, with the father. So that that gives us what we call a triune God or um, father, son, Holy Ghost, all equal in power, but with different, um, I guess, uh, functions, right? Mm -hmm. So you have the, the God, the, the Godhead, you have Jesus and you have the Holy Spirit, all that function as one and will be one, you know, when, when it, when we, this current dispensation, this current time period is expired. So, um, to accept him as a prophet is not the same as to accept him as a father. You know, similarly, for your child to accept you as a close friend is not the same as your child accepting you as dad, right. you know, the right. one that created. And, and I would venture to say that for most of us who are parents, uh, we, we may want our children to be friendly. We want our children to understand, I'm not your friend. <laughs> 
I'm your parent. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, and I expect you to treat me uh, 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 that that way. Um, so I, 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 I think the problem that, that we come into is is a difference between uh, whether or not I'm saved. You know, I'm saved in spite of my sins or if I'm saved and that means I have to that means I cannot you know, if I commit a sin, I'm unsaved. See, I think that's what happens. And so what some people are doing is they are uh, misreading or misunderstanding the scripture. So to be so if my sins are covered, their concept is, well, if all sins are covered, then the unbelief is also a sin. So then that unbelief sin is covered, too. And so since that unbelief sin is covered, I don't have to believe on Christ right. because that unbelief sin is covered, too. But that's not what the Bible actually says. But, then, but what's <laughs> funny is if you believe in the unbelief, then you just believed. You just read the whole circle back. Because if you believe if you're a person that says, I don't believe, but I'm covered anyway, you just. No, 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 no. Here's what I'm saying. Let me back up, say it differently. OK. The people that 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 believe that. Jesus died on the cross covered all individuals, whether they believed or not. Gotcha. I'm saying those are the people that, okay. that, that are saying that it covers un, the sin of unbelief. So if someone doesn't believe, he covered that sin too, which right. means they're included. But that's not the way the Bible reads. The Bible says that he covered all sins except that's, that the sense of you not believing in him. If you don't believe in something, then it doesn't cover you. That's the way the Bible reads. Now, now, why he set it up that way? Well, I'm not God. I can't tell you why God did what he did. All I can tell you is what he did based on the Bible. And, and so from that standpoint, um, if I believe, and I think this is what throws people off, let's say I'm a believer and you're not a believer. And I uh, am a womanizer and you are not a womanizer. Then someone would say, well, how can that womanizer who is a believer go to heaven? And the non-womanizer, who's not a believer, go to hell. Right. You know, I think that's what kind of throw people because they're saying, well, one is morally good, the other one is morally corrupt. So how can a morally corrupt person go to heaven and a morally incorrupt person bust hell wide open? Right. You know, how, how now here's a, another question mm -hmm. is, can you get to heaven without believing in Jesus Christ? Here's what the Bible says. No. <laughs> now, here's what we have to consider, right? Um, how does that operate, right? You know, how does that operate? Uh, and, and how does that function? Well, I, I think that most people will tell you that those who are the Hebrew faith are chosen by God. They've already been chosen by God. They've already been set aside by God. So therefore, that you know that that their place in heaven is secure, or their place with God is secure, mm -hmm. because of that establishment, that that promise that was made to Abraham, you know, thousands of years ago. Uh, I had a I had a, a, a an instructor, uh, Doctor Freeman Rose, who I thought was an, an excellent instructor, and here's what he would say: that to presume that the only people that understand God is us, it would be um, extremely narrow-minded. So his concept was this, is that he said, um, consider yourself, for example, to your father, you are known uh, as son. 
to your wife, you're known as husband, you know, to your friends, you're known as CB, to your children, you're known as father. Now, if, if, if they call you by a different name, depending on who's calling you, you still answer, right. you know, you don't act like, well, um, you know, there's only one name that people can know you by. Mm-hmm. So what Freeman Rose suggests is this, is that similarly, different people may know God by a different name. But that don't mean they're not talking about the same God, right? Because if you're talking about the creator of the universe and the creator of all, you know, for example, um, consider, you know, Islam, right? And what does the term Allah mean? Well, the term Allah means the one true God. Right. Okay. And that's what it means. The one true God. So the question becomes, are they really, are they praying to the same God that we're praying to? Well, if you read the Quran, then you know that they are praying to the same God that we're praying to. People may disagree with this concept because they right. haven't read the Quran. Right. If you read the Quran, you know, they're praying to the same God that we're praying to. Now, does that mean that everything that they espouse is correct? No. Everything Christians espouse is not correct. But that doesn't mean they aren't praying to the same God. It doesn't mean that the same God isn't going to bless them. Let me give you a good example. Um, There are Christians in this country that believed in slavery. Mm -hmm. You know, they believed in torturing people just because of the color of their skin. Now, God created people of color, just like God created people who were in the majority. We call them WASP, right? White, Anglo-Saxon, Protestants. Mm -hmm. Does that mean that because of their torturous ways that the God they serve was not a just God? Does that mean that the God that they serve was not the God? Oh, he, uh, we believe he was and he is. The fact that they were corrupt didn't mean the God they serve was corrupt. Right. And similarly, the fact that there are some people in the nation of Islam that believe in heresy, that believe in killing people, that believe in you know all those kinds of things, the fact that their hearts may not be right doesn't mean that the God they serve is not right. right. So just because we view things differently, it don't mean that the God that we serve is corrupt. And that's what we have to kind of reconcile and understand that is that um, just because we may not act the same or, or think the same, uh, that doesn't mean that we're not serving the same God. So the question then becomes is, are we serving the same God based on the rules that God laid out for us? Are we doing that? And if we're doing that, then the Bible clearly teaches us that heaven is our home. Okay, so the answer to the question is a no with an asterisk. Right, because the answer to the question is not is what it's based on is am I serving God the way God intended me to be to serve him? Right. Right. You know, for example, the question was asked of Jesus. Right. What is the great commandment? And he said to love the Lord thy God with all their mind, body, heart and soul. Right. So the question is, of all the great religions of the world, are they loving the creator of whatever we you know, of this universe, whatever? Are they loving that creator with all their mind, body, heart and soul? Right. He said, in the second commandment is like unto the first, that you love your neighbor as yourself. In fact, he said, love will hide a multitude of sins. So then the question would be is, in, 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 where, in my worship, you know, and in my trying to distinguish which, you know, who God is, am I loving the creator of the universe and, and all that has been created with all my mind, body, heart, and soul? And am I loving my neighbor as I love myself? See, if I'm doing those things, the scripture says I have been, I am pleasing God. I have pleased God. If I'm not doing those things, I have not pleased God. I don't care who I am. So, okay, what I profess, if I'm not doing those things, I'm not pleasing God. If what I am espousing does not hold to that concept, then my slant of my religion is warped and does not fit God and how God says we ought to operate in our religious beliefs. So I don't care what it is. If it doesn't fit that, it doesn't fit what God has said for us to do. Okay, 
So let's talk about when Carlton Pearson with the initial statement of there is no hell. And mm-hmm. that's what got him set up a lot of controversy back in the um, early 90s and where he lost a, a large, um, the whole church has left him. Right. And right. and um, and if you watch the movie, you will understand um, how devastating that was to him financially. Him, his family. His family, yeah. And the interesting thing that we was talking about is he had nothing to gain by doing this. That's what made me think, okay, he must really believe this. And then also to bridge back to a two or three podcasts ago, we talked about why is it there are other books in the Bible mm-hmm. and has God talked to anybody since then? Mm-hmm. So, and I made a joke that I said, if, yeah, they probably get locked up if somebody was to say God, you know, and this is exactly what happened to him. Sure. So the question is coming right now. Did we give him Carlton Pearson a fair enough shot and listen to what he had to say? I would say yes, we did. Now, the reason why I say that is because what he when he say there is no hell or there is no lake of fire that that his, his what he what he appears to say, you know, and again, I haven't heard all of his sermons. I have I have listened to him on occasion. OK, what he appears to say is that everyone will end up in heaven regardless Right. Of, of what they have done, said, or believe. Right. Okay. That would say then, if that is the case, there is no moral compass for anyone to follow. Yeah. That would also suggest that God is a God of chaos and that God is a God that for some reason does not feel that those who do things that are pleasing to him should ever be rewarded. And those that do things that are not pleasing to him should ever be punished. Now, as a practical person, and I'm not saying God is practical, but I'm just saying as a practical person, that makes no sense. Yes, it doesn't. See, even if there was no Bible, I don't care, even if there were other books that, I mean, and there are other books, right, you know, that we know that were not canonized, um, that, 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 um, depending on who you who you are and, and what your background is, you know, you still feel this authentic word of God. Okay. Right. But it just doesn't make sense practically. So to, to suggest that to me just doesn't make sense. Now, could, could God, did God speak to him? I, I can't say he did or did not because right. what? I mean, God speaks to all of us in his own way. He speaks right. to you, he speaks to me and this kind of thing. And in fact, the Bible tells us that God speaks to each of his creatures those who believe him and those who don't believe him, that there's something inside of us that connects somehow. That's a yearning there. He speaks to the bird. He speaks to the ant. He speaks to the whale in the ocean. He speaks to the frog. He speaks to the roach. According to what we read in the Bible, God communicates with all of his creatures. So I can never say that he didn't communicate with Carlton. But I can say he misunderstood what he said. Right. <laughs> you know, just like, you know, you communicate with your children and all of them don't get what you say the way you intended them to get it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they misconstrue your words. Even my wife, both of us are full grown, full college educated. And she'll misconstrue <laughs> what I've said, right. you know, and vice right. versa. I'll misconstrue what she said. And we're grown folk seemingly know each other very well. I think he had good intentions. But I think he just missed the boat. 
I mean, clearly, if you look at the revelation of John, uh, where, you know, where the revelation where Jesus provided John with this great revelation, clearly it indicates that there is a lake of fire, you know, uh, where it's going to be the final, what we would call hell. Mm-hmm. Clearly, that that is a part of, um, of, of, of the final I guess punishment of those that 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 do not accept who our, our heavenly Father is. Um, you, you know, again, uh, so I don't know where he gets that concept from, unless he, he unless he is holding to an Old Testament thought, which suggests that once you die, either you go to heaven or you go to nothing. You know, unless that's the concept he's looking at so that those that are are pleasing to God go to heaven and those that are not pleasing to God, that they are utterly destroyed and the soul is therefore nothing anymore. And it just becomes zero Uh, now that. But see, that goes against, again, New Testament thought and it goes against some Old Testament thought (laughs) because. Here's what we believe, and, and it goes against scientific thought, too. Let me say that, too. Now, I'll explain it in a minute. The belief system is that the soul is is forever, that the soul is, is that part of man that you cannot touch, but it's forever. It's the soul is what makes you unique, you know, mm-hmm. what separates you from just being a, a pound of flesh, let's say. Now, if I look at this thing from a strictly a scientific thing, right, scientifically, what we know is there's something inside of us that is energy that makes up who we are, that makes up who, you know, Clarence Baker is, that makes mm-hmm. up who Michael Daniels is. Well, what is that? Is it the heartbeat? Is it the blood running? What is it? Because here's what we know. A doctor can put you on a machine, right, and keep your heart beating and, and keep your lungs pumping air, Right. But it does, that's not what gives you who you are. Mm-hmm. You will be alive scientifically, right. but, but you won't be you anymore. Mm-hmm. The, the, that thing that made you you will have left your body. And unless we can get that back, okay, how long they keep your blood pumping? Mm-hmm. Your, 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 your muscles and your, I mean, your, your cells may not deteriorate, but you will be gone. Right. So that energy part will leave your body, right? Now, here's what uh, Albert Einstein and other physicists say. Energy and mass can neither be created or destroyed. It can only be changed. Right. Right. That's the scientific proof that they have said. Right. So if energy and mass cannot be created nor destroyed, that would suggest then that I cannot destroy the soul. If what if what if we believe that scientific, you know, uh, fact, I can't destroy the soul. So then where does the soul go? So I, I can't go along with it, that concept that either you go to nothing or you go to heaven because it can't, I can't destroy the soul. Right. If I can't destroy the soul, it, got to, it has to go somewhere. So either it's going to a place where it's everlasting contentment or it's going up in the attic and next time somebody buy your house, <laughs> some ghosts going to be up there in the attic. And, right. you know, so, I mean, it has to go somewhere, right? right? So the question is, where does it go? Similarly, if energy can neither be created or destroyed scientifically, that means that the creation of you has to be beyond human comprehension. Right. Because because when you are born, something 
in you becomes you. Right. Right. It ain't just they put some flesh together. Mm-hmm. Some, where did that come from? Right. You know, where and, did, and, I, and I, me and my wife joke about our daughter because she was she's been complaining since six months. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't know what she was saying. So, oh, I wonder, I can't wait to find out what she's saying. Then when she got grown enough to start talking, it was like, boy, oh, she was just complaining the entire time. And she came out literally from day one mm-hmm. like that. And I, I understand what you're saying. And then it also goes back to when we talk about where you know, God knew you before you was born. Right. And what I get from that is like your personality and everything, your soul was already developed before you even came out, before you was even created, before you even, you know, before you was conceived. Right. You know, you was already. You were already there. You just were placed into those sails. Right. The, 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 the entity that makes you right. was, was placed into those sails. And, 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 and that's, you know, what brought out this living being. So uh, that's what I'm saying. So when you think about it from that standpoint, right, well, um, that doesn't fly with, this, with the concept that somehow when you die, your soul goes nowhere or just ceases to exist. And so what happens to it? See, either it's recycled. Right. You know, and, and that's why people, some people leave in reincarnation. Right. Because either it's recycled or it's going somewhere. Right. And those are the only two choices. Well, I'll take that back. There are three choices. It can be recycled, it can go somewhere, or it can cease to exist. Mm-hmm. If I go by scientific scientists, this third option is not an option because you can't destroy it. You right. can't destroy energy. Right. So that means that can't be possible. So either it's recycled or it's going somewhere. So for um, for argument's sake, and so if they're it's let's say that there is a hell, right? Mm-hmm. Then would the punishment of eternal hell be too steep for something that you did for, say, an average of 65 years of living? Uh, well, okay. And that's that's some yes. of the argument that Pearson right. would say. Right. The answer is yes. Okay. <laughs> the answer is yes. Because the punishment... Any punishment might be considered too steep, depending on how your mind works. Right. You know, like, for example, if I am penniless or let's say if I let's say I make minimum wage, if I make minimum wage and one day um, I, my, it's, it's pouring down rain and my car is not inspected because I have the money to get it inspected. Mm-hmm. And I didn't renew my license plates because I had money to do that either. But my child needs to go to a doctor's appointment and I'm not on the bus line. So I drive them there. I get pulled over by the police. They tow my car, right? They give me a ticket. They say, you can't, you shouldn't have been driving. And, and so they give me a ticket and they tow my car. For me, who's penniless, I got to pay $175, get my car back out. Mm-hmm. I got to pay about $100 in tickets. That's about $275. I can't get the car right away anyway because I don't have any money. Right. So it's going to keep compounding. Well, that seems like an extremely steep punishment for trying to do something good. Right. But I still got to pay the price. Right. Because it's, it's just what the law is. So here, here is, here, here, here's what flies in the face of his argument, in my opinion. That presupposes, presupposes that the 65 years was not a second chance. Mm. 
But what if it was? What if it was? Now, a, a, a great a great theologian said this to me. He said, you're older than you think. You're older than you think. He said, if 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 God created you, right, which we believe he did before you entered into your mother's womb. The question is, why did he put you there? What what caused him to put you there rather than let you stay with him? Because he didn't create you down here. Right. He created you wherever heaven is. So why would you not be up there? And why would you be down here? Mm. Right. And here's what this theologian said to me. He said that we are angels that were kicked out of heaven. Mm. And this is our second chance. He said, because think about what is required of us. He said, what is required of us is for us to accept that God is our father and our creator. He said, think about what caused the angels to get kicked out of heaven. Mm-hmm. It's because they allowed Lucifer to trick them into believing right. that that was not the case, that they, they did not have to follow God, right. that they could follow him. Right. So this individual said to me, uh, who was one of my instructors, he said, hey, listen, so if you think about it that way, then that would say our job while we're here is to learn or kind of revisit that concept again and to acknowledge that we were wrong, that he really is the great God that he said he is. And we really should reverence him. We really should consider him to be all that he is. Mm -hmm. And once we acknowledge that, and once we do forsake Satan, then he says, okay, you can come back home. Now I'm giving you the second chance. I'm not giving you forever to figure this thing out. (laughs) You got 65, 75, whatever years you got to figure it out. If you don't figure it out, then I'm banishing you forever away from me. And that's what hell is. It is eternal banishment away from God. Right. Now, just um, I know you got a good question, but just think about this for a second. If you had someone that was trying to take over your house oh, you and you gave him a second chance, right? Mm-hmm. On the second <laughs> chance, would you let him come anywhere close to you? No. That's why they would be in hell right. and not in heaven. Yeah. It, it, it makes uh, perfectly good sense, and the the <laughs> course of what the one the burning question on my tongue then is with that thought process, did we all follow Lucifer? Are we the ones that followed him and ended up here, <laughs> or had you know th- that's you know other, you know other questions, well, and then that <laughs> might and it might make sense. For why we're so susceptible to temptation as well, too. Right. According to um, that great uh, uh, doctor, he said that we were all kicked out of heaven. And and so this is our chance to redeem ourselves. And and he, he noted that that's, you know, the scripture says something to, to this, to this effect that the, the that this is not our home. Right. Right. So if this is not our home. Then what is? Well, we believe that heaven is our home. Right. And so that was his concept that that all of us who are here, that's why we are inherently wicked, you know, because, you know, we were, we were we, we, if you consider the fact, the simple fact that um, you don't have to teach a child to lie. Yeah. Uh, my three-year-old did it today, this yeah, morning. Right. You don't have to teach a child to steal either. You know, it, 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 something within us 
like you said, kind of leans toward that that temptation kind of thing. Right. So that was that was his that was his stance. That and so and here's what he said again. Now you know I, I can't tell you if he's right or wrong. You know because the, the, I'm not telling you that the Bible addresses this per se, but I'm just saying his theory you know is certainly worth investigating. You know, and maybe he's one of the ones that God spoke to that you know as you mentioned earlier. Right. Um, so he said, you know, there's always been this question, when will the second coming be, you know, when the earth will be totally, you know, taken over by, by, by God and when there will be no more wars and all this kind of thing. And, and why is it that there's no specific date on it? You know, because even Jesus said, no man knows the date nor the hour. He said, you know, the time. So why is that? And so what he says here is this. The reason why there is no specific date is because there the the number of souls that were kicked out of heaven, let's say, um, each one will give, be given an opportunity for redemption. When that last one has had an opportunity, that will be the end of this dispensation. And so you can't say when that last one's time is right. because, you know, it is like right. most lifespans. You don't know. You don't know when the last one will even be born. Right. And so when the last one is born and the last one, you know, has had a t- chance to make that decision, then that will be the end of time as we know it. Right. And that will be the second coming. And, and that's when, you know, old things will be passed away and all things will be as new per se. So so that was his. That's that's how he looked at, you know, when things would happen. And, and I got to tell you. Uh, whether you, uh, I, and I never thought he was crazy. You know, some people may have thought that way about him and right. said, you know, he didn't lost his mind. <laughs> but I did. Right. You know, my thought process is that what he has said, actually, you know, whether it was revelation from God, whether it was just him reading the Bible and, and all the other, other books and all the other studies and saying, let me try to somehow reconcile why we act the way we act and why we do the way we do. And is there heaven? And is there hell? And if so, why do we go through hell on earth? You know, what is the purpose of all this stuff? You know, when you when you look at all that and you put it all together, what he says makes a lot of sense. You know, it just does. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, so um, I, I'm I'm not fully convinced he's wrong. Right. I'm not fully convinced he's right. What I am fully convinced is is that my heavenly Father wants me to come back home. Right. Whether I got kicked out because I was you know uh, under the devil's influence. Or for whatever reason, he wants me to come back home. Right. And, and so, I, and I want to go back home. <laughs> right. So. And then, you know, the, the one thing, which is a side note, is if, if you follow that logic and that belief, and if we're all angels, that means we're all very, very powerful and more powerful than we even think we really are. Oh, yeah. You know, so if we, once you just make your mind up, you say, you know what? I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm going to start doing the right thing. All of a sudden, things just start boom, 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 lines, lines right on up. Like, it, it seems to be easy for... And, and doesn't that line up with what Christ said? I mean, and think about it. What you said is like, right, boom. It's like, you know, we ought to write a book of the Bible in what you just said, right? Right. Because doesn't that line up with what Jesus said? Because you said it would mean we are very powerful if we just believe and change how we act. Right. But isn't that what Jesus said? If you just can believe, right, <laughs> all things are possible <laughs> right. to you, if, if you believe. But it also lines up with scientists. I mean, think about it for a second. 
Scientifically, don't we know that we only use a small portion of our brain for for analytical function and and for that kind of thing? A small portion. Most of our brain, we haven't got a clue about how it functions and, and what we could do. And so what if you could you could use every cell in your brain? You know, I mean, what if you could actually like, for example, if I cut myself, I don't tell myself where to heal. Right. But my brain does. How does my brain know where to send those cells to heal? Right. Right. Now, what if I could do that? What if I could control my brain enough to tell my brain where to go to heal? Right. Could not send could not send something to a cancer cell right. and say, destroy that cell that's in my spleen and right. heal it. Right. But see, I can't do that because I don't know how to get in touch with that part of my brain. So you're absolutely right. If I could do that, I would be immortal. Right. Right. And isn't that what angels are? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. So what you're saying makes a lot of sense, you know, and it does kind of when you I said, when you start putting it all together, it, it kind of fits. It doesn't fit what Colton's saying. Right. Because actually it kind of goes, takes you further away from what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And so um, back to, to Carlton Pearson. Mm-hmm. And we, so we, we may mention that we give him, you know, a fair enough chance um, as a church body. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I do think what we just got to talk about, he's now getting with the movie you know, mm-hmm. uh, a second chance. And he may mention in the interview, he said, well, you know, now that, you know, Netflix is reaching 180 million people, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm way beyond that what I would have gotten through the church. Mm-hmm. And which I thought was, um, was amazing that he said that. But another thing just hit me while we was talking. Maybe he was to say this to have people have this conversation because if you think about it for the last 30 minutes or so we've been talking about getting saved right and what it means to be saved right we might be able to answer other people's questions like okay if you're on the edge of do I really need to be saved you know yeah I know Jesus right how do I get saved right what you're saying is true absolutely true and uh, you know because you know God did harden Pharaoh's heart. Absolutely. In order for things to happen. Right. So did he do this to Carlton Pearson so this conversation can happen 20, 30 years later? I would say yes. And I'll tell you why I say yes. Because it is my belief that there is no, nothing that happens by accident. Right. See, I believe that God is in divine control of all things. You know, uh, even though, even though we have a permissive will, that's because he decided I'm going to let you have a permissive will, mm-hmm. you, you know, but he also can decide I'm not going to permit you to do something and he can force your hand as, as well. So I agree with what you're saying. Yes, I believe that 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 um, what he did and what he said was by permission of God. Now, I'll say this, too, is that here's the unfortunate thing um, that I believe that. Most people want the easiest way out. Mm-hmm. You know, most of us want the easiest way out. So if, if you can tell me that I can, um, and, and uh, let me say, that's the, <laughs> unfortunately, that's the same thing that if you read the Bible, the devil told Eve in the Garden of Eden. 
if you think about it. See, if, if you say there's no hell, right, mm-hmm. then that's saying there's no consequence for actions, right? Mm-hmm. But isn't that what the devil told Eve? That, hey, listen, what the Lord told you ain't true. Right. That, you know, if you do this, what he said, what he said that would happen is really not what's going to happen. Right. He's just, he just doesn't want you to be as smart as he is. So, in a sense, it's, that's, it's a repeat of that same kind of storyline, you know, that same kind of trickery to say, well, you don't have to listen to what God said because that's not true. So if 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 um, if, if I go with Carlton's theory, it would say that Jesus was not accurate in what he said. Right. You know, and so that would mean I don't have to listen to Jesus, not just Jesus. I don't have to listen to what the Bible says, period. Right. You know. Right. And that's, uh, and, and that's why I think everything kind of falls apart is because if you go with that logic that there is no hell mm-hmm. and then you, then it spirals out of control from there, then when there's no consequences, then if there's no consequences, then why am I even, you know, why did I even get to go to work or why did I be nice to the person across the street today? Because it no, doesn't really matter. I might well be cutthroat. Right. I might, and so that would mean, as, as Paul said, Paul said, if that be the case, we are the most miserable of all people because we are missing opportunities, right? right? Because if there's no heaven, there's no hell, then why am I not a cutthroat businessman? Right. You know, why would I even treat you fair? Why wouldn't I do everything I can do to take every dime you got, foreclose on your house, you know, put you in slums, all all these kind of things. Because what's what's the incentive to show you love? What is the incentive to show you love? Zero. Right. None. If showing you love benefits me, not doesn't have any benefit to me, then why would I show you love? It does. You know, it, it just doesn't add up. Uh, so, well, I, I think that he certainly um, is, 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 you know, is 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 a, is a is a person that I think has has great talent. I think in this regard, for whatever reason, I don't know what happened, but something just isn't clicking. You know, right now, do I think that? Um, people who are uh, prostitutes and drug addicts and, and all them folk can go to heaven. Yeah. But n- not because they have um, not, not because they don't believe, but the opposite. See, I think you can go to heaven because going to heaven is not based on your actions, but based on your beliefs. Mm-hmm. So if I believe that Christ is my personal savior and I believe then the sins that I commit are forgiven because there's no degree of sin. So that would say that the person who is the liar is no different than the person who is the prostitute as right. far as their sins are. And so I can't say, well, the prostitute's going to hell even though she believes in Christ and the liar is going to heaven even though, you know, and he believes in Christ because the sin is, is the sin. So the issue is what's the common denominator? Right. Both believe in Christ as savior. So therefore both go to heaven. Yeah. So um, we also made we talked about off air before we start talking too, and I made I made a comment. I said, you know, what is really ironic to me was that how the church left him so fast off of one comment, and without really hearing him, like initially hearing his congregation, initially hearing him out, mm-hmm. uh, what him fleshing out the thought, and I always felt that. For his movie and and research and things that I think he spoke too soon without fleshing out the what ifs and all the ans- answering all the questions and people was like oh we can't deal with this and then when he went over into 
homosexuality in the church. And we're, we're this is 2018. This is happening in 1990 something, mm-hmm. early 1990s. We're completely different now on the, on sure. this subject than than we were in early 1990s. Right. So you can just imagine that you know, just that that one statement alone will have half the church get up and walk out in 1990. Right. You know. So did is there any poss- is there any possible way in your opinion? that Carlton Pearson could come to get back to prominence to where he once was, Mm -hmm. even with preaching that small bit of change in the, in the, um, and what his message is. See, Carlton's downfall, in my opinion, had nothing to do with his comments on homosexuality. I mean, that that really wasn't an issue. There've been, there've been people who, you know, let's face it, look, there've been people who practice alternate lifestyles in churches, Ever since they've been churches, right. you, know, you know, there's a common joke in in black churches, right? I'm not saying it's true, but it's a common joke that that you know, 95 percent of the of the ministers of music, right? You know, uh, practice all their lifestyles, right? Uh, 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 you know, it's not necessarily true, but I'm just saying it's it's a common joke. So that, let's face it, that ain't the total issue. Um, here's the deal: when Carlton. Um, uh, made it appear as if his comment was that regardless of whether you believe in Jesus Christ or not, you end up in heaven. That was his, that, that to me, even if he did not mean it that way, that's how it was perceived. And when it came across that way, that was what caused people to, to just walk away because that goes against the core value of of Christianity. And, 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 And it wasn't just his members. That wasn't just the issue. I'm going to say, I'm going to say this because Christians are cutthroat. We might as well be straight up. All right. The, the elders that's in the conference he was in, they're the ones that, you know, were, were integral in making these decisions. I, I believe if he had, you know, and I believe they went to him. I don't know. I'm, I'm just going by what I've heard. And I believe that they went to him and said, wait a minute, you know, come on, let's tighten up here. Let's right. consider what you are saying. Because because of his prominence and his rise, it was to their benefit for him to stay in that church. Mm-hmm. If he was preaching what they thought he should preach because of his charismatic, because he was so charismatic, his draw and all those kind of things. However, there's always uh, a, 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 a wannabe waiting in the wings, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh you know, people like to think that all ministers are, are, are just, you know, people who do things out of love and this kind of thing. Well, they may love, but oftentimes they have been described as pigs, uh, fighting to get to a trough, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, just can't wait to get to the slop. And so you better believe there were other ministers that were saying to themselves, Oh, we're going to take over now because they right. wanted that, 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 that huge congregation. Right. They wanted all those folk. And, and so it, it wasn't just the members that made the decision. You know, it was those, those other folk that were in charge that probably said, Hey, we're going to push this behind right on out of here. Mm-hmm. And they took over the ministry, you know, as well. And it wasn't something that just happened to him. The same thing happened to Jim Baker, you know, back when with, right. the, with this scandal with PTL, when he, he goes to someone and tells them in confidence, you know, I'm, I'm having this problem, having this problem, you know, with my, you know, um, that, that, uh, my, with, 
with, with obtaining sexual gratification. And so I have these women on his side that he told them in confidence. And what did they do? They put him out. Right. You know, they, they put all stuff in the street and, and they end up investigating me, end up in jail. You know, so the people that you went to in confidence, uh, you know, turned against him because there are people that will take advantage of your situation. Um, right. So I, I think it's unfortunate, you know, to say this is sometimes the, the, the greatest downfall is when you expect Christians to act like Christians. Mm-hmm. You're right, because one thing's for sure. If you um, if you want to see somebody chomped at a bit is uh, ask for some ask for prayer at a church. And the last person that steps up to the mic is the pastor. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a line waiting now. You know, people trying to get there. So the ministers that want you know, want to, and and I get it. You know, as being a motivational speaker, when I'm somewhere that people speak, I like I want to go speak, mm-hmm. but also I'm not standing on the wings waiting for the you know to go so far as to wish for somebody's downfall so I can or manipulate a situation. Mm-hmm. That's like you said is is not Christian like at all. Let me tell you, every one thing every pastor knows, it, it better be between you and God. <laughs> you know, right. it's like it, it's you know it's, it's uh, one of the, one of the key lines in the book, the color purple. You better not tell nobody but Jesus, <laughs> you know. So now this is com- completely off subject, mm-hmm. though. Have you found yourself in that predicament to where you needed counsel, personal counsel or something and was did not have a person to confide in because you didn't want, you know, things to happen? Or well, I, I won't say they didn't want things to happen, but I will say this. You know, no one wants to no one wants to feel like their pastor is. Is doesn't have the the, the sh- broad enough shoulders to handle whatever comes their way, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and 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 nothing that would have caused folks to say, you know, put him out of church, right. but because people just want you to be strong, they want you to be able to bear every burden, you know, right, right. Uh, they don't want to think that you know the pastor is shaken if someone t- gives them bad news about an illness or something along those lines or this kind of thing. But I'm a human being, you know, um, I, I think uh, probably um, there, there was a time when my health was a huge concern of mine. And, 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 and because of that, I suffered, you know, I had a, a period of depression, you know, uh, but the pastor that I had used as my sounding board, Dr. Walton, he, he, he had passed. He was no longer there. And that's who I used to go to when I had, you know, those right. kind of issues, but he was no longer there. And, and the only other person I would go to was my father, you know, my, my biological father. Uh, but he wasn't available to me. And so I, t- I told no one, you know, um, even though there are people that, uh, may have known that I did have some, you know, some health issues. They didn't know the extent of the health issues. And I never told anyone how I felt about the issues. Right. Because, you know, if you're telling other people, hey, listen, you know, God will heal. He's a great physician and so forth and so on. Um, it, it becomes kind of difficult now to say, well, you know what? I have a worry myself about, you know, whether or not I'm going to make it through this or not. And 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 I, I do remember. I say this though. I do remember one time that I was really. This was stressed out for other reasons. Just because I was just working at one time when I first came to pass the church, I was working a full time job. I was teaching at uh, at North State, 
And I was, you know, the pastor of the church. So just, 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 and I was family man. My kids were small. So doing all that was extremely stressful, extremely stressful. And so one Sunday I came to church because I felt like I wasn't giving them all I had. So I came to church and I said, you know, listen, uh, I, I'm, I'm really not being as effective as I want to be as a pastor. And so uh, I decided that I'm going to resign so you can get someone who can really give you the attention that you need. Mm-hmm. The next Sunday, five ministers showed up at church. Wow. Wow. <laughs> five. Four of which I didn't have a clue who they were. Wow. Right. But somehow word got out. And so boom, they showed up. <clears throat> now why they show up? Pretty much to let people know that, hey, you know. Right, I'm, I'm an option. Right, because they hadn't been there before. And so th- that's, that's, that's the thing, you know, I'm just saying. So that, that's why I'm saying with, with Carlton, I think that was one of the things that probably helped push him down quickly. Right. You know, because of other folk that were trying to get what he had. Uh, but that doesn't dismiss what he's, you know. Right, his, right. His, 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 his theory. And, you know, and you asked another question um, that I think, you know, might go in line with that when you said, well, you, you know, you asked a question about is 65 years of life enough to condemn forever. Um, and you also mentioned, well, what about those who haven't heard? Right. You know, um, how does that play in the picture? Did, did, did they, did, do they have a chance? Right. You know, well, you know, and, and here's what the Bible says. And I, I believe it, you know, to be a truism. The Bible says that there's something in us that yearns to connect with God, yearns to connect with a God greater than what we are. So the Bible says that all of us have inside of us, and and, and, and it, 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 it's found in the, in the book of Romans, that all of us have within us that innate desire to connect, and all of us have within us that connect to that, that, that kind of magnetic pool. So then that even every creature, he says, every creature. So even if I've never heard a sermon preached, something in me will let me know there is an entity greater than myself that created me mm-hmm. that I need to yield to and accept that that is, you know, there. Um, and, and, and if you think about all, if you think about um, historically, you'll find that that's true for you take like Native Americans, for example, mm-hmm. you know, something inside of them just said, you know what, there's a great father. They may have called him by a different name, mm-hmm. but if you think about what they said his role was, his role was that he controlled everything mm-hmm. and that he was the one that created everything. So something inside of them told them that, and, and you know, and, and that's true of all civilizations, mm-hmm. that that's a part of that, that sense that, hey, you know, look at the Mayan civilization. There's something that tells them that. And, and they thought that that civilization, that, that, that whatever that was, was external to Earth, mm-hmm. you know, that connection. And, and so that's there. And, and the Bible says that is recognized by God. Now I've got a um, question for you. What would be your and this could be a whole separate topic, but what would what would be your message to an atheist? Here's what I would say to anyone who says that um, there is no God. I would say to them that what we have to do is consider how we define God, because to say there is no God is to say that we were not created 
And that we know cannot be true. So we may differ in how we define God, but we cannot, we can't, we, we don't differ in whether or not we were created. Right. So here's what I would say. If I, if, if, if my definition of God is that which created everything else, that's all I'm saying God is. That which in the beginning created everything else. And here's what we know that just by sheer understanding that there has to be a beginning to everything, mm -hmm. right? There has to be a beginning to everything except one thing. Because you can't get something from nothing. So whatever that beginning is, that's God. If that beginning is an ant, right? then that ant is my God, right? Because that was the beginning of everything. So if that beginning was a rock, that's my God. The question is, where did the rock come from? Right. Right. So whatever that beginning is, that's God. So now if we can agree that there is a beginning, then I, me and the atheist now are on the same playing field. Mm -hmm. And all now we have to figure out is if that is God, could that entity, whatever it was, com have communicated with me in some way? Right. Now, and what is the likelihood that whatever that was would not try to communicate me, with me? Right. Now, if I made something, I would want to communicate with it. Right. And say, hey, I made you. Right. I may be so sophisticated that you may not understand me. So I have to figure out a way to communicate with you in a way that you can understand. The best way I can look at that is, let's say, uh, when my daughter was about, oh, seven, eight years old, I bought her a fish tank. I may have mentioned this to you before, I'm not sure, but I bought her a fish tank, all right? Um, for for <laughs> good grades, finally. Right. right. Rarely did it happen, but good <laughs> grades, finally. And I bought her a fish tank. Now, the, the little goldfish is in the bowl, okay? Now, the goldfish was totally dependent upon us. You know, I fed the goldfish with food. I, I, I um, uh, changed the water, made sure the water was clean. I made sure the water was aerated. You know, I the protection, told, made sure the house temperature was right. Everything was the, the goldfish totally dependent upon was, was me. But the goldfish was afraid of me. If I reached my hand in a bowl, swim away. Mm -hmm. If I touched the bowl, swim away. I could not communicate with that goldfish, mm -hmm. even though I was totally responsible and that goldfish could not survive without me. Right. <clears throat> the only way I could communicate with that goldfish is if I became a goldfish. Right. You're right. See, I believe that's what God did. Even though he created me, even though I'm totally dependent upon him for survival, because he's so high above me, I can't handle him the way he is. So the right. only way he can communicate with me so that I won't be afraid, terrified, and drop dead in my pants is to come like I am. And that's what Christ did. He came like I am. Now, when he was done communicating with me, he went back like he was. Right. Why? Because he didn't want to stay in a bowl right. and be a goldfish. Just like if I could become a goldfish, I wouldn't stay a goldfish. Right. I got to get back to taking care of the goldfish. I got to get right. back and be what I am so I can buy some food. And, right. da, da, da. and that's what I think God did. And that's how I think 
um, that's, that's what I think happened with us. And that's why we don't communicate with, with him on a daily basis like the goldfish doesn't communicate with man on a daily basis because the difference is so pronounced that we can't handle it. All right. Well, we're coming to the end here. Is there anything else, uh, Dr. Daniels, uh, before we close out? No, I, I think it was a, a, a great um, conversation, and I just want to encourage people to recognize a couple, couple of things. One, as you mentioned before, the key is what is salvation, right? And salvation is simple. It's just believing and accepting that your creator is your creator, and he loved you enough to want you to come back home. Yes. Well, thank you all so much for joining us again on this podcast. This is your C.B. Baker. Till next time.